0: Let's turn to 1 John chapter 2. I'm going to be reading from verses or just verse 28 and 29 of 1 John chapter 2 as we bring chapter 2 to a conclusion. Again a very challenging passage. And now little children abide in him so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming if you know that he is righteous you may be sure that everyone who practice righteousness has been born of him let's pray father we come before you and want to praise you and thank you for the scriptures thank you that through jesus believing and repenting and putting our faith and trust in Him. We are saved and we receive the gift, the Holy Spirit who illuminates the scriptures and, and, it, and teaches us the truth so we can walk in truth and, and love you and, and, and love you, Father, and not the world. But help us now, Father, as we come to hear what this passage has to say to our hearts, to our minds. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you that through Him, we are saved and through him we have redemption we have eternal life this promise that you've given to us that you made through him to us so father we just want to praise you but help us now to to listen and to understand what the scriptures say to our hearts so that we can grow up in christ and walk in his ways walk in the same manner as he walked so father please be with me now and help me to be clear and understood and help us all, Father, just to be obedient to your word and, and, and abide in Jesus and practice righteousness. But thank you now, Father, for this passage. I pray and ask this all in, in Jesus' name. Amen. If I had to ask you, what's the biggest and the most amazing event in the world or in history that's going to happen sometime soon. And when we say soon, sometime in the near future I think we will all say the return of Jesus Christ. But the question is when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. But can we say with confidence this will be me when he appears will we have confidence before jesus at his coming when jesus appears to judge the world in righteousness or in righteous judgment will we have confidence before him Because this is what this passage is saying. And our little children abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Will we have the confidence to look at Jesus in the face, knowing that we are living a righteous life before his throne? What a perfect life. I'm not talking about a self-righteous life. I'm not talking about perfectionism. I'm talking about a godly life according to the sacred scriptures. Are we submitting to Jesus and his teachings and living a life in honor of him? Because we know that, that Jesus is going to return. That's called the second coming. The Son of God will come to judge the world in righteousness. There are kind of two judgments but simultaneously. There's what we call the great white throne judgment of the unsaved. Satan and unbelievers will be cast into the lake of fire, according to Revelation chapter twenty. But there's also the the judgment seat of Christ for Christians. Those who have been faithful in serving Christ Jesus will receive rewards. And those who have not been so faithful in serving Christ Jesus will lose rewards. But they too will pass through the fire. Remember, John is writing to the church to tell them those that are false, the Antichrists, those that are the enemy, those that are telling you to live as you please. And he talks about the sin. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves there's people in the church or who were in the church that were deceiving the believers and kind of he's saying if you want to know if you are born again then jesus must abide in you and you must practice righteousness and The reason is because, behold, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even say, Amen. But we don't know when Jesus is going to return. But we know that he is going to return. So we mustn't get caught up in trying to work out a date and a time. We actually make fools of ourselves if we try. There will be signs and there will be a time when we, we when we have an idea and things are going to go from bad to worse At the moment we're in peace. Things are going to get far worse than what it is now before Christ returns. But what John is doing here is he's helping us to have confidence when Jesus appears. To live godly lives, to be in godly fellowship with god to be obedient to his word and we should be in the scriptures we should be growing in the grace and knowledge of the lord jesus christ we should be forgetting what lies behind and gaining forward to what lies ahead we should be press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus we should be living looking to the heavens knowing there is eternity We are pilgrims passing through. This world is not our home. The new heavens and new earth will be our new home. And Paul reminds us, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we wait a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. We wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we wait, we need to live a godly life that honors and glorifies and pleases our Heavenly Father. We're not called to live as we please as some of the false teachers and the enemy and the Antichrist were, were teaching in this church. When John wrote 1 John 2 John and 3 John. He was in the church of Ephesus. Or he wrote from the from the from the island of Patmos, from the Isle of Patmos, but he was pastoring the church of Ephesus. And he's kind of writing this letter to them at the age of 80. But oh, we're gonna have confidence before Jesus at his coming, at his appearance. As we wait for his return, will we live? Godly lives, be of godly service, biblical devotion, prayer, and witness to the gospel of truth. Will we be active in these actions that point us forward to the hope of the coming of Jesus Christ? Will we have confidence before Him? Can this be said of us? Does our manner of life suggest that we are awaiting Jesus Christ from heaven? Or is our life fixed on earthly things? Loving the world more than loving the Father. Because that's what John is, is helping us in this letter. It's all about walking in truth. And if we walk in truth, we walk in the light. We love our neighbor. We don't hate our neighbor. We love our Father. We don't love the world. The lovely thing about John is he, he doesn't like give us, this is what you must do. This is what you mustn't do as a Christian. He just puts the gospel out there, especially in verses 28 to 29, and he just, in a very loving, caring way, he just tells us what it means to be born of God. And if we live according to truth, if we're walking in the light, if we're loving our neighbor, loving our Father, we will have confidence before Jesus. But if we're not, then we will be ashamed. So this morning, I want to give us, or I'd like to give us two truths. Maybe just one truth from 1 John chapter chapter 2 verses 28 to 29. To prepare us to have confidence before Jesus at his appearance. Because when he appears, he will be coming with the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him and even say amen so the first truth to prepare us to have confidence before jesus at his appearance is to abide in him and we see this in verse 28 of 1 john chapter 2 we can read it again and now little children abide in him so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from Him in shame at His coming. Let's be honest. When we stand before Jesus, we cannot hide anything from Him. He sees our heart. We can stand before each other and we can hide a lot. But think about it, when you do something wrong, And now you have to go to a friend and apologize or say sorry. And this friend hold you up in high esteem. He really looked up to you. Think about it when you go. You go with your face down. You're kind of ashamed. Sometimes you're embarrassed. You can't look at them in the face. Look at them in the eye. Because you're ashamed of what he knows about you. And this is the same thing when Jesus comes. Yes, we clothed in His righteousness, and if we are practicing righteousness, we will not be ashamed. But if you profess to be a Christian and you sh- come here and everybody sees you, but you go home and you practice lawlessness, you will be ashamed, because He's going to shine so brightly through you—His glory and His honor and His majesty. What? What? Why do you think in chapter Revelation chapter? which we will see when we come to the law chapter 1 sorry when John saw him he fell at his feet as though dead but Jesus laid his right hand on him saying fear not I am the first and the last why do you think John fell down it wasn't because he was ashamed it was because he knew he was a wretched sinner and he was in the presence of divine holiness the holy God and if we practice walking in darkness, hating our neighbor, loving the world, we will be ashamed. Because we're standing before the Creator God, before Jesus, who knows us, and we cannot bluff Him. We cannot hide anything from Him. This is such an encouraging message from John. John. To help us to abide in Jesus so that when he appears we may have confidence before him. It's encouraging us to keep us from being led astray by false teachers, being led astray by the lies that are out there telling us how we can live and don't worry you're saved, you can do as you please as a Christian, you've prayed this prayer or whatever. Nothing more prepares us to meet with Jesus Christ and have confidence before Him than abiding in Him. Than remaining in Him. That's basically what abiding in Jesus is. When you are saved, He comes to live in you. He abides in you, you abide in Him. But when, you, when He says "Yeah, now little children abide in Him, that's also saying we must remain in Him. We must continue to abide in Him through our lives. And we show that how we live. Which we will, Lord willing, next week we get to verse 29. And it talks about practicing righteousness. But abiding in Him also means letting His word abide in us as well. I think John fifteen, seven, John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So if we abide in Jesus, we also need to abide in his word. His word needs to be in us. Lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We saturate our minds with his word, so we do not sin against God. And if we abide in Jesus, who is the truth, then the word of truth also abides in us. The same word of truth that saved you is the word that abides in you. But we have to cultivate this word. We have to, we have to come to the scriptures. And I think it's verse 24 of 1 John chapter 2 that also helps us to see that the word abides in us. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will, will, will abide in the Son and in the Father. To so be a Christian, we abide in Christ, we abide in His Word, meaning we remain in Him. And we continue in Him. We can't live as we please. Yes, and when we do sin, we ask God to forgive us. That's what 1 John 1.9 talks about. If we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness but if we say we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us so while we're in fellowship with god and his church we need to abide in christ and we need to recognize the importance of abiding in jesus We need to abide in Him, holding fast Him and His teachings, believing the truth, obeying the truth, and loving other Christians with the truth, building each other up in truth, speaking the truth in love with a tender heart, treating each other in truth. But if we are out of fellowship with God and His church, it's because we've disobeyed God in His Word. We're not abiding in Him and his word and i repeat what you need to do the solution is to confess your sin so that he can cleanse you from all your unrighteousness that's what 1 john 1 9 is all about and what's the purpose john says and now little children abide in him remain in him hold fast his truth hold fast everything jesus has taught you hold fast what i'm writing to you And what is the purpose? So when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. That's what it's saying at the end of verse 28 of 1 John chapter 2. The fact that that Jesus is going to return any moment soon should keep us on our toes. It should keep us with our heads and our eyes in his word and looking up. Fixing our eyes on the heavenly things and on the earthly things. We should be living in light of Jesus coming soon. That's the incentive. That That keeps us holding fast these truths. We don't know when he's going to come. Like a thief breaks into your home. You don't know when that thief is going to come how many of us sit waiting for the thief no one but there are people sitting waiting for jesus's return thinking they don't have to do anything but no we've got to go out there and walk the walk we've got to walk in truth we've got to love in truth we've got to we've got to fight the good fighting truth Between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus, between the two appearances, we must abide in Him and, and emulate Him. Walk in the same way in which He walked. We must remain in Jesus to resemble Him, to shine His light. It's borrowed light. It's not my light. It's His light that I shine into this world that Christ has given me. And it can only shine brightly if I abide in Him and I remain in Him. And if we're not abiding in Him, well, we're not in His Word, and we're not allowing His Word to work in us through the work of the Holy Spirit to teach us these truths, so we can walk in truth. It's amazing, John just says in a few words what it kind of means to be born again. And now little children abide in Him. So, These false teachers, the the enemy, the the antichrists, those that are upsetting this church with false teaching, straight away you're going to say, well, if they did abide in Him, they would practice righteousness. They would walk in truth. Therefore, when Jesus returns, there is going to be no confidence. They're going to be ashamed because they do not abide in Him. They're showing us A visible indication is their lifestyle is what they're saying what comes out of their mouth we need to hold fast the confessions of our faith we need to have an attitude that awaits Jesus's return but in godliness and just keep on serving if you do the same thing every day, keep praising and thanking God. If you're serving a church and, you, and it's your 29th year as a Sunday school teacher, praise God. And you get those teachers that have served in churches for 30 years teaching the same grade with rejoicing hearts. It's so easy to, to do work for God and then after a few years say, uh, you know, it's only me doing everything. You start grumbling and complaining. That's what Satan wants you to do. But if we're cultivating the joy, one of the fruits of the Spirit, we will continue to rejoice in what we do and labor for God in this world. There's no in between. You're either going to meet Jesus with confidence or you are going to shrink from him in shame. You can't be on the fence. You're either going to have confidence before Jesus or you're going to be ashamed before Jesus. That is for you to know and for you and I to look at our hearts and see how are we doing. Are we abiding in Jesus and his word? Are we holding fast the gospel? And again, I'm not looking to perfectionism. I'm looking at are we walking with God according to his word? We cannot just do as we please. Because if we honor God with our lips and our hearts are far from Him, we will be ashamed and embarrassed when He returns. Like I said early on, we can't just arrive on a Sunday and show the externals how much we love Jesus. We can all sing loud and sing and and rejoice and pray and preached are oh, we abiding in him well we know if we don't have love we're a noise our singing will be a noise our preaching will be a noise we need to we need to come to jesus we need to abide in him we need to abide in his word so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. I think of, maybe this is not a good illustration, but I think of Judas. He was ashamed, he was embarrassed, he had remorse for what he did, betraying Jesus. Because you know why? He did not abide in Jesus when he walked with Jesus as three years. If you are not abiding in Jesus now, and you say you've been a Christian for so many years, but you do not abide in Him, you don't respect Him, you don't go to His Word, you don't allow Him to grow you, all you do is you come to church and you rely on the things, the external things, singing, giving, praying, reading, and coming to church, going to Bible study. That's not enough. Those are externals. Obviously, that's part of our Christian walk. Those things we can show. We can get people up here to pray, and we can show our beautiful big praise. But if if, if if God sees that there is no love, it's a noise. I mean, Jesus comes. We need to take this seriously. Will we have confidence, or will we shrink from Him in shame at His coming? Again, it's like someone standing before someone, and they boasted how great they are and what they've done. But this guy says sorry a friend down the road tells me you're completely the opposite he's just gonna he's just his heart will drop and his head will drop in shame because he was a lie and we can't walk a lie before god we have to walk in truth we have to know that we have to, if we love jesus then we're gonna love his word you can't love jesus and not love his word Because Jesus said in John 15, 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. And if we are feeding off Jesus' word, His truth, His promises, His encouragements, His warnings and His commandments, and we are living faithful, obedient lives before Him, then when He returns, we will have confidence to stand before Him. So the point of verse 28 of 1 John chapter 2 is that if we remain in Jesus and his word, following his teachings and following the Holy Spirit to continue to teach us, then when Jesus Christ appears and judges his people, we will have confidence before him and not be ashamed before him. God willing, we will look at the next truth next Sunday about practicing righteousness. But this first truth, to abide in Jesus, which means to abide in his word. And we looked at this truth to to prepare us to have confidence before Jesus at his appearance. Will we be obedient to it? Will we find the time to abide in Jesus and his word? Will we see the value and the importance of getting to know God through his word and abiding in him? And holding fast these truths and living them out before this dark world. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive our sins and rise again according to the scriptures. And ascended and then now seated next to the right hand of his father. When he did all that, he did it to give us the promise, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can work with his word and transform Our hearts more into Christ-likeness. So we can be transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From start to finish, we are being transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit and His Word. By God's glory, for God's glory, and into the image of God's glory. And if we are doing this, and this, this is happening in our lives, we will have confidence before Jesus at his appearance let's pray father we come before you and, and I ask you to please forgive us there are times when we are not abiding in you there are times when we act in unbelief we act in unfaithfulness but please father please turn our hearts to the cross where we are humbled and where we will see what your son Christ Jesus accomplished for us that there he earned our salvation nothing we did which should cause us to be so grateful and thankful and then deny ourselves take up our cross daily and follow you and honour you so that at the appearance of your son we will have confidence before him Father, please be merciful to us, be gracious to us, and help us. Help us, Father, to not be laxadaisy or take this word loosely, but hold us to hold firm the gospel of Christ. Help us to abide in him and abide in his word so that we can have confidence before him when he returns. Forgive us, Father, help us. Turn our eyes from looking at vanity and revive us in your word, Father, so we can walk in truthfulness. Help us. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.